Welcome to The Blind Spot, a podcast where we explore human instinctual drives through the lens of the Enneagram, nonviolent communication, and resonant healing with personal stories from individuals living real human lives. My name is Karen Nance, self-pres, social, sexual blind, three-wing two, with 371 trifix, and ENTP cognitive preferences. I hope you enjoy these stories. Welcome, my friends. It is so sweet to be sitting here in the afternoon, about two hours before sunset on the winter solstice. And I'm here in Chicago, where 24 hours from now, we will be having a big winter storm. And I am anticipating the arrival of my children home from school after finishing finals and my daughter flying in from Los Angeles and very grateful she's getting in around midnight tonight before the storm starts tomorrow. And my parents are going to drive over tomorrow and we're going to be hibernating as a little family unit for 72 hours celebrating our holidays. So whatever is alive for you and all of yours, I'm hoping that you're going to also find a little time during this crazy time of year to carve out some moments to really drop in and to turn inward. I've talked to so many people this month that are really tired. (laughs) You know, one of the things that I've become very aware of in my point three structure is that The point three in all of us just loves to drive, drive, drive because we have some outcome or objective that we've convinced ourselves is so important for us to meet. And as you start into your holiday season, I just want to remind you that cemeteries are filled with indispensable people. So while I know we're so deeply connected to wanting to bring joy and love and presence and the presence under the tree are what I'm referencing. I'm going to invite us all to remember that it's our actual presence that our family members probably want more than anything. And I say that as I'm about to head to the mall after this podcast and do my last minute shopping and recognize that there are two forces at play here. One of the things that I've been coming into closer connection with is the reality that we're living in two worlds. There is the world, 96 is what Russ Hudson calls it, or even one, whatever, two times 96 is um, 180 something, which is like the world of the moon or the lunatics. It's like all the craziness that we see going on in our world. And the world 96 is where we're all running around activating our egoic structures. And so we're doing the average version of what we're all doing. And there's this opportunity to drop into world 48. And world 48 is where we can hold true presence. It's where we can be aware of who we are on a deeper level. It's this opportunity to recognize that we are human beings, even when we feel like we're human doings. So when we drop into World 48, we can actually start to open ourselves to experience the frequencies of World 24, which is where the virtues and are actually starting to manifest. 
So this is a podcast that has turned out to be a conversation around higher level Enneagram topics. When I started this about a year ago, all I knew was that something inside of me was moving and really started to want to find self-expression. And one of the things that's been really important to me is authenticity. And I've really tried to live my truth as I'm experiencing it on this podcast. And the decade of personal growth work that I've been actively engaged in now has really helped me to see my story with a perspective that definitely wasn't available to me when I was living it. So this platform is a wonderful place for me to share things that I've learned, to share things that I'm still exploring, and to invite bot leaders on who are writing new books or have been teaching in the community for decades and to really explore how these ideas are all converging. And I love thinking about the Enneagram as a dynamic process. I want to just revisit for a moment that the hexad or the law of seven represents dynamism. It's how everything is changing and growing and evolving and perpetually in movement. And I love thinking about how the Enneagram overlays with the spiral. I'm in Deborah Uten's class that is connecting the Enneagram and the spiral, and she's done some private coaching with me, which has really enabled me to appreciate the dynamism of my own personal experience and the experiences of others in the world that I'm witnessing. And I'm just so grateful that I have the opportunity to sit with it and to see it and to start turning inward and just contemplate, how do I want to be in relationship to all of this? One thing that's become really apparent for me is that we live in such a dualistic world And the more personal growth work I do, the more I find this dualism inside of myself. And what I want to invite myself to explore is what is the affirming and the denying force that's showing up inside of me? These are these two ends of the spectrum, both of which have truth in them. And yet there's tension. It feels like there's no resolution or no ability to come to some place of harmony or flow. And that is the reconciling force that each one of us has the opportunity to bring into our lives. So this three has been showing up in my life in a few different ways. And I thought that I might touch on that a little bit. So for me, I've been riding the three, six arrow pretty hard for a while now. And the way this manifests for me is with all of my image-centered three things that have definitely driven a lot of my agenda, but also that anxious little six that lives inside and that part of myself that is anti-authoritarian and a little bit rebellious, but prefers to do it in this three-ish way that hopefully lands a little more smoothly with people. But when I'm really honest and I sit with this three, six energy inside of myself, I can feel the internal motor and you guys feel the internal motor. I have no doubt about that. I recently had a podcast review 
that was very sweet. They talked about how much they're enjoying the content, but you know, I got the three out of five stars because they're not enjoying the interruptions. You know, that's that energy. It's like, oh my God, I'm so anxious. I've got to get out what I want to say right now. And part of it is that I forget. Honestly, nothing in these podcasts is scripted, except maybe an intro that I write some things down. And I'm sure you can tell when parts of what I'm doing are scripted. But really, this has been a platform where I've just allowed myself to flow. And like any structure-driven characteristic, it's overdone and it's got to relax. And so for me, one of the things that I'm sitting with as I've reviewed the 22 episodes that I have out now, which I'm really excited about, is how can I level this podcast up in 2023? And that starts with my own ability to show up in a way that I hope is easier for listeners. Now, I know some of you enjoy my sort of all over the place style, and um, that will never go away. I lead with extroverted intuition. So this is sometimes called the excited brainstormer. So when I land on a human that captivates me, I just love bringing them onto the show. And we maybe exchange like 20 minutes of email or texting communication before we go live. And there's very little that I actually know before we get into the episode. So what will be interesting is can I still bring the creativity, the freshness, and the spontaneity that I really enjoy? And I think many of those that are following me will bring. But can I invite myself to keep my seat? Can I start with a little more presence? Can I hold space? And part of this is also getting into balance and flow. So I've talked about how my dominant function is extroverted intuition, which is excited brainstorming, and my eighth function, the one that we call the demon or the daemon. And it's the demon because we're not that good at it. We're like really deeply out of touch with it. And for me, that's extroverted sensing. And extroverted sensing is about being in the present moment actually being able to react in a way that is balanced and connected and integrated. And the reality is, is that balance and flow is not something that I've ever had a natural aptitude for. I love to dance, but I'm quite an uncoordinated dancer. I feel a little bit clumsy when I move through the world. Uh, My step is kind of heavy and I can easily bring a heavy hand to whatever it is that I'm doing. So this is the demon part of my eighth function. The daemon, though, is that when we bring some presence to the eighth function and we actually recognize that this is a blind spot and we develop some intentional practice to help us remember what it is that we're going to forget, it really can transform the energy of the first function. So for anyone who decides to work with me in 2023, I think it's really fun to identify what is your dominant cognitive function as well as your Enneagram type, as well as which instinct is troubling you the most in this moment. Now, so many people 
are listening to this podcast because we've been talking about the instinctual drives and there is so much controversy over what is a dominant self-pres instinct? What is a dominant social? What is a dominant sexual and the correlating blind spots? And what do we do with the middle instinct? You know, this is an area where I think we're going to continue to grow and expand. I reached out to John last year when I got so curious about the discrepancies in the instinctual drives and recognizing that none of the main teachers were really teaching this in a way that I was hearing it presented on Big Hormone Enneagram. And I think that John's book really brought to the fore a lot of important considerations. So my hope was to bring more of these ideas into the light and to expand our current dialogue that we're having about the instincts. But as I've been continuing to sit with this material and work with a variety of high-level Enneagram coaches with what I'm discovering in my own experience, in addition to what I'm noticing in others, I really don't think that anybody has it completely, quote unquote, right yet. And I'm putting that in quotes because I still don't believe that there is an absolute truth about the instincts. I really want to hold this the way that Russ talks about, which is holy truth, which has an element of mystery. There's some movement. There's the opportunity for discovery and exploration. And I think that truth is something that we continue to land on deeper and deeper levels of. So in the upcoming year, we're going to continue to talk about the instincts. We're going to continue to unpack this. Hey, maybe I'll even flip my entire stack. I don't know. I've been having great conversations with Karen Burley, who... Um, is also launching her coaching business in full form in 2023. She is a wonderful soul. If people want to reach out, she was on one of our earlier podcast episodes when she and Sebastian were getting married. So yeah, we, you know, she was generous enough to allow me to push back on her instinctual stack. She's been also having lots of great observations. I think it's really fun to talk to attachment types about the instinctual stack because the way that we don't know our location, I think actually makes us really bring a unique flavor to the study of the instinctual drives because I think we're a little less attached to who and what it is that we're supposed to be. You know, as attachment types, we go through the world mostly flexing to be what others want us to be and find our location uh, in reference to others. But then as we enter our growth journey, we start trying things on and actually develop a pretty finely tuned sense of who am I and what am I wanting and not wanting. And instead of getting into a reactive stance about this, I think of a lot of attachment types do an interesting push-pull dynamic that we've heard discussed on Big Hormone Enneagram, which they have coined the attachment to disconnect. And I think that this really circulates around our own drive for autonomy. Whereas if you are on the hexad, I think that hexad types are a little more confident in their location and they will speak with a little more certainty. And I think it's wonderful. I think that we have people in the community that have a more fixed stance 
And I think it's wonderful that we have people in the community that are willing to flex and flow because once again, these are just an affirming and a denying force. And how can we both find a location that resonates deeply within us, but still stay in a place of flow? So for me, I'm going to keep on doing my practices to integrate my ability to connect with my body and my senses in the direct moment to not get as lost in the world of ideas as I have a tendency to do and to really stay connected to the direct experience. And I'm curious to see how this will show up in future podcast interviews that I will do in the upcoming year. So that's one uh, growth edge that I've been looking at is my relationship to the three, six arrow and really wanting to invite in that point nine energy. And for me, when I look at the triangle, I notice that point nine is at the top of the Enneagram and that three and six lie beneath it. If we want to look at it in that type of a dimension and from my own personal experience, I really do want to invite in having my point three and my point six energies defer and bow down to the nine, which lives at the crown of the Enneagram and really welcome in this ability to be, to manifest right action, which is engaged, but responsive and not reactive. So this is a deep longing that I have for myself in my own world of three. So I invite each one of the listeners to use this opportunity of the winter solstice to turn inward and just see what is it that's alive for you that you want to recognize your own dualistic relationship to. And what is that third force that you'd like to invite in? So as I think about where I've been and where I'm going, I want to just acknowledge that this is the 23rd episode and that I'm really excited that I've been able to pull this off despite some challenges. I remember that I reached out to John with this idea about a year ago because I really wanted to talk about the instincts and I really wanted to highlight John's work, which didn't feel like it was on the main teaching platforms yet. And at the same time, I was so acutely aware of my own insecurities and my own learnings around this whole area. So doing the podcast with John felt like a wonderful way to ping off of his expertise. So we started this journey. I have so much gratitude to John for the teachings that he's given me, for the work that he has brought into the community, and just for so many aspects of our relationship. So I wanted to touch in on that. I also have a lot of gratitude to Russ, I've been in, and Jessica. I've been in their class through the Shift Network and will be finishing their Enneagram teacher certification training in August. So their teachings have deeply informed me. I also want to thank Deborah Uten. I've been doing a lot of work with her in private coaching on the Enneagram and the Spiral, and I'm currently in her class on integrating these two modalities. And it's really shed some light on how can I be in relationship to my structure and the other Enneagram types by also bringing some light into what level of consciousness are we all operating in at this moment? 
understanding that we're all on a growth trajectory. Um, we're all doing our own work to be at whatever level of consciousness that we're in, knowing that they're all important and they all belong. So I have a lot of gratitude for Deborah and her work, and I just want to bring people's attention to it. She has wonderful books called The Books of Nine. You can look them up. And she takes these mythological characters on Enneagram journeys where they start out at beige, which is purely run by instinctual drives and takes them all the way up to turquoise, which is the highest level of consciousness we know. So I'm working my way through these different characters and really impressed with the level of insight and thoughtfulness that is coming out in these characters. And if you're interested in seeing what level of consciousness your type is showing up at at any given moment, I think it's a wonderful resource. I also want to express some gratitude to Stephen and Joey Jacob. Stephen has been my learning lab teacher in my shift program. And when that ended, he introduced me to his wife, Joey, who is a sexual three and also Russ Hudson's sister. She's been in the Enneagram world for a very long time as well and has really been helping me to shed her wisdom on her journey as a three and is sharing that with me. And so that's been another growth edge that I'm working right now. I also want to express gratitude to the Diamond Approach and to Hamid, who has developed this incredible teaching. I've joined a Diamond Group in Boulder, Colorado. I think the group is still open. If any of the listeners are interested, I'd love to see you there. It has been another opportunity for deep spiritual work and I can tell that this is going to really inform the teachings that I'd love to bring into the world. I also want to thank Joel Marquette and Antonia Dodge and their work with Personality Hacker. They are the ones who have introduced the way that they use the Jungian archetypes and the Myers-Briggs typology system to really enact transformational change. So as I embark into 2023, I have some exciting projects that we'll be launching that I just thought I would take this opportunity to share with the audience. I have been an internal medicine doctor for the last 25 years and what I am as a diagnostician. People come to me with any problem in the body, even though I'm not a cardiologist or a pulmonologist or a neurologist, and I can hear what's going on and then either treat them with a treatment that I know how to offer I can refer them to a specialist where I believe they can get the care that they need, or I'll prescribe some type of therapy, some kind of practice or something that they may want to look into to improve the state of their physical well-being. So this is where my energy has been located. And as I've been on my growth path, I've realized that I have had this deep longing to recruit my patients onto a growth path. Because as an internal medicine doctor in an upper middle class suburb in Chicago, I often feel like I'm taking care of the worried well. It is very rare that I diagnose a life-threatening condition and much more common that I'm dealing with anxiety, depression, insomnia, irritable bowel syndrome, migraine chronic pain, sexual dysfunction, so many different things that manifest in the body 
that we actually discover have roots and origins because there is dis-ease or disease in the heart or the mind, or shall we even say the soul? So what I'm really wanting to do is to start working with people in the population that are actually ready to start on a growth path. So I am embarking on a social media campaign in January where I will be starting to share some of these thoughts that are packaged in a way that the general public and people who are just contemplating their growth journey will be able to hear. And I hope that there is some integrity and a quality of truth that resonates on my platforms that really invites people in onto this path. I really want to continue this podcast as a place where we have higher level discussions. I'm hoping that I can continue to connect with all of the thought leaders in this field. And this has a few different purposes. One is that my extroverted intuition and introverted thinking absolutely loves it. Every single guest I've had, as you've noticed, has just really met my need for inspiration and learning. And we have such a community of brilliant thinkers. And not everybody is writing or teaching or has a big platform. And I'm hoping that this is a place that I can both connect with the thought leaders where I can bounce new ideas off of them, as well as inviting any of you that have exciting areas that you want to explore or talk about. I want this to be a platform where those of us that are interested in personal growth and interested in using typology as one modality for navigating that will want to continue to be here and to listen and to co-create and to learn. My other deep longing is that those of us that are enjoying thinking about these topics on a deeper level continue to develop community. So in January of 2023, I would love to launch a live group on Zoom where those of us from around the world who are interested in these types of topics can connect live. As I was sitting and reviewing the podcast and where we've come from and where we've gotten to, I was so excited to see that there are hundreds of people listening to these episodes every week from 34 countries across the globe. Our biggest population is in the United States, followed by Canada, the UK, and Australia. And we have a growing population of listeners in Sweden, Italy, Ireland, Denmark, Norway, Mexico, and Egypt. So wherever you are in the world, thank you. I am so excited to have you be a part of this community. And if you would be interested in connecting live, please email me at contact at enneagramblindspots.com because I really want to put out some options for a live group that can get together and either discuss the prior week's episodes, come up with ideas for new episodes, and or just grow out there whatever is alive for us. The other thing that I plan to do in 2023 is that I actually want to show how we can use typology, a combination of the Enneagram, the instinctual drives, and the Myers-Briggs typology to help people discover where they might be coming into conflict with other people in their lives. So what I would love to do is start doing live sessions where couples, family members, friends, colleagues, 
anybody who feels a little bit stuck in the relational dynamic, I would love it if you would also reach out to me. And what we would do is a one hour free coaching session where we kind of try to lay it on the table and discover what the stuck point is. And then we would do a one hour episode where you can absolutely be anonymous. I'm hoping that these interviews are going to touch into more tender aspects of our lives. And so I really want to honor confidentiality and really look at the underbelly of these instinctual drives that we don't always talk about. I've been pretty open about a lot of my neuroses and invited my speakers to share theirs. And we all have a different comfort level with that. But my teacher, Antonia Dodge, has this saying that mold only grows in the dark. So what I'm going to invite anybody who would enjoy working with me is to shine some light into these tender places to whatever degree that you are willing. When we talk about the self-preservation instinct, of course, there is that wonderful ability to create fertile ground from which things can grow. But we know that the dark side also involves greed and materialism and the tendency to prioritize productivity over the humans that may be involved. So we're going to look at that. I also want to look at the social instinct. The social instinct is a place where the uh, Jungian function of extroverted feeling is often playing out. This is how are we engaging with each other. And we all have the experience of having somebody gaslight us or, you know, play games with our mind or, you know, act one way and we discover that there's something else going on. You know, I think that the way we navigate social interactions in this society is really fascinating. And often we don't even know what we're doing. So to shine some light on the less healthy manifestations of the social instinctual drive in the hopes that we can all elevate our use of extroverted feeling and our use of the social instinct so that it can actually manifest in the way that is most life-serving for us and other people in the world and maybe the universe in general. What is that high expression of the social instinctual drive that brings us together and allows us to collaborate and grow? And then I also want to dive into the sexual instinct. I want to look at how our sexuality is showing up in our lives. What is it that we love about our sexuality? What is it that trips us up? You know, there are lots of people suffering with porn addiction and a lot of other, you know, sexual dysfunction and trouble having deeply satisfying sexual relationships. So I think that this is something that I would also like to continue to shine light on in 2023. So my hope is that, yes, please reach out if you're interested in a live group. Please reach out if you have a relational dynamic where both of you are willing to work together to see what we might discover. And please reach out if you're an independent client that would like to use this structure of Myers-Briggs, the Enneagram, and the instinctual drives to sort of diagnose where is it that I'm stuck. And once we have that diagnosis, I'm using teachings that I'm getting from Russ and Sandra Maitri 
in their Keys to the Enneagram class that I'm currently in, as well as teachings from Catherine Bell and Russ Hudson's Green Room, where we've been working through the Latayef, as well as my Diamond Approach, where there are colors that represent different energies that I'm mapping on the Enneagram in a specific way. So often we think of the red essence, which is essential strength, as mapping over point eight. And the issues and problems that we can have here can either be overexpression, so too much connected connection to anger in a way that doesn't serve us or the people around us, or the inability to connect with the life force. This inability to activate, to initiate. And maybe that's because we're stuck in depression or hopelessness or despair. So strategies that I think are wonderful in this realm are the resonant healing strategies that I've been learning with Sarah Payton. I finished my training program with her in mid-February, and I'm very excited to explore this modality with anyone that wants to use this to connect with red energy. And of course, there are other ways to connect with red energy. But if this interests you, I'd love to connect and figure out how we might be able to support your journey. I map the yellow energy over 0.7. This is the place where we connect with the play circuit, with our joy, with our lightness. And there are so many hard things going on in the world right now. And sometimes we get stuck in a grind or drudgery, or there's just too much grief and sorrow and fear and loss. But in the midst of that, can we still find our connection to yellow? Can we still find our joy and our lightness? and our ability to just be with it all. I'm putting the white Latayef over point one. This is where we have will and the drive to continue on, even when something is unsatisfying, not fun or hard. We can bring this point one energy to our daily meditation practices. How many of you have noticed that you can get a little lazy with your practice, or maybe you're trying to achieve something and you initiate or you start, but you notice that you lack that ability to follow through and actually complete something. These are all areas of white energy that we can call into our lives. And we're mapping this over point one. Over point two, I'm putting the green Latayef, which is compassion. This is our relationality. This is our ability to love but to love in the true sense of the word, not loving with an agenda or I'm giving you my love so that you're going to do something for me, but really this aspect of the heart that can open and can hold all of the sadness and all of the realities that we're facing and the burnout and the inner critic and the attacks we get from others and as well as care and tenderness, and connection, and moments of warmth? And can we do our work in the green space to continue to open our hearts, to continue to learn how to be in better relationships with other people? And the Black Latayef, I'm laying over points four and five. Sometimes this is called like the underbelly of the Enneagram. People who identify with point four and five are no stranger to the darkness. 
And what we want to explore is what is our own relationship to the darkness and the quality of black, which is nothingness. It's everything and nothing. So this is the place where we de-identify, where we come up against that which we have always believed ourselves to be and get really honest about our habitual nature and invite ourselves into a set of practices where we can start to let go of all of that and really come back to source, really come back to our essential qualities where we can start opening ourselves up to the virtues and the holy ideas and really living in a way where all can be one. And this is that prayer for unity. It is the circle that holds it all. So wherever you are on this winter solstice, I invite you to just take a moment and find some quiet. Find an opportunity to turn towards the darkness and see what you find there. Can you connect with what is most true inside of you? And many of you will be traveling or having family. And we all know this saying that as soon as you think you're enlightened, go and spend a week with your family. Many of us will be having that opportunity to discover all of the object relations and where they were laid down and the habitual patterns that we either are overly identified with or trying to de-identify with. Wherever you are in your journey, I wish you love and grace and forgiveness, and as much presence as you can bring, as well as compassion. And this is compassion for yourself, no matter how you're showing up. This is not easy work. So cut yourself a break. If you notice that you're slipping into your own habitual patterns, if you're like, God, I can't believe I just lost my cool with that family member. You know, that's all part of it. It simply tells us where our edges are and gives us information that we can use as we craft whatever it is we're moving into in 2023. And if you are choosing to spend this holiday time either through choice or through a circumstance that was outside of your control and you're feeling that you're alone, and maybe this is a really hard time of year, I want to invite you into mourning and just being with the beauty that can come with turning towards everything that is heartbreaking and sad and difficult. And just seeing if in these moments, we can also learn how to be our own best friend. So wherever you are, no matter how lonely, we welcome you into the symphony of things, as Mary Oliver says in her poem, Wild Geese. So thank you to all my listeners. Thank you to Kevin, my sound engineer, and Maggie, my office manager, and Heidi, my nurse practitioner, and Araceli and Amanda, who have all been keeping my office going in my absence. Thank you to my teachers. Thank you to my friends. You know who you are. I would not have been able to get through so many things in the last few years without each and every one of you. So on this eve of the winter solstice, as we start to turn towards more light. May grace and peace be with you all. 
If you enjoyed this, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and various Android platforms. If you leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, it helps a lot. If you have any questions you'd like addressed in a future episode, please email me at contact at enneagramblindspots.com. I also offer a wide variety of services at my practice while SNSMD, including typing services, Enneagram coaching, nonviolent communication training, and mindfulness trainings for working with stress, anxiety, and food cravings. Feel free to call my office at 847-850-8185 to schedule a free consultation.